Jaihan, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me over. I don't know about the celebrity part, but uh, I'll try to do my best today. First of all, I'd like to start by thanking FSAI, Fire and Safety Association of India, and my friend uh, Ajit Pandey. He's right there. Thank you, Ajit, for making this happen. And uh, again, Ajit Raghavan, Pankaj Dharkar, Suresh Menon, Ankur Gupta, and of course. How can we forget Samir Saxena? Thank you very much. And uh, also, it's a matter of great honor and privilege that uh, I'm on the same stage that Brave Hearts were on. They were facilitated today. And, uh, you know, it takes a certain kind of character to be brave. All of us feel fear. There isn't one of us here who does not feel fear. All of us have felt fear. I know. And I can tell you from my personal experience, uh, it was 1998, 1999. I was on the line of control. I'm from the infantry. I was on the line of control and I remember learning Hanuman Chalisa in 48 hours. Fear does that to you. But if you can put fear aside, and if you can say that I'm willing to face it, that is bravery. And today, we've gathered here all to celebrate and salute bravery. Uh, when we talk about security, I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But when we talk about security, security is not just security the way we perceive it. You know, uh, you want to buy a car, an automobile, you're looking at airbags. You're looking at safety and security features. You're buying real estate, you're looking at safety and security. But then there are many of us here, veterans, who have had a past of defending this country. And I'm going to touch upon that too, and I'm going to tell you a wonderful, wonderful story from my regiment, but all of that comes later. There are two, three things that I would like to discuss today. And the first thing is about self-reliance and how does self-reliance impact national security? The government has been going on and on saying, Atmirbhar Bharat, let's all gather, let's all try to make stuff in India. And uh, you know, the master of ceremonies mentioned the Israel-Hamas war. I will take it further. I'm going to also get into the details of the Russia-Ukraine war, ladies and gentlemen. And what has this war taught us? It impacts all of you, by the way. It impacts every one of us sitting in this room. You know, there have been many lessons from the Russia-Ukraine war. And this war completes its uh, second anniversary in a couple of days from now. Today or tomorrow, day after. The thing here is, Ukraine is losing this war. One-fourth of its territory has been captured by Russia. And it's not just that Russia has a larger army. It's not just that Russia has more tanks and more people and more rockets and more artillery and more mech forces. All that, all that is true, absolutely. There is nothing wrong with that. That is true. But the reason why Russia is also winning is Russia owns the arms manufacturing ecosystem. Let's call it supply chain resilience. And this will resonate with a lot of you. Ukraine does not. Ukraine manufactures weapons. 
but Ukraine is not a country that owns the entire ecosystem. So one of the biggest takeaways from this war, at least for us in the armed forces, has been that unless you manufacture your own weapons, unless you manufacture your own ammunition, unless you are self-reliant, you cannot win a long war. And one more thing that this war has taught us, that forget about old notions of wars lasting only for a week and 10 days. You know, uh, conventional wisdom had it two years back that wars are going to be short, they are going to be bloody, they are going to be violent, vicious skirmishes, but they are going to finish within one or two weeks. Then the world will intervene, the United Nations will say, okay, let's all be friends. But that has not happened here. Russia is not listening. The UN is toothless. Tomorrow, could we find ourselves in a conflict which is similar? I believe, and I have my own reasons to believe, that uh, my speech must be good because I have, if, if children are interested, then I'm doing something right. Okay, so the thing is that, you know, there will be a time, I believe, there will be a time when India and China will go to war. Not India and Pakistan, India and China. And George Fernandez, uh, you know, one-time defense minister, when I was serving, he was the defense minister, I remember. And he said something which I read in the newspaper and he said, the real problem is China, not Pakistan. And here we were with three strike corps actually facing Pakistan and none facing China. Now, all that was corrected later by subsequent governments. But the fact of the matter is that the real threat lies from China. And this threat is both military and economic. And the economic threat threatens you. It threatens you as well. So, when we say that we must own this ecosystem of weapons manufacturing, when we say that we must own the system of manufacturing arms and ammunition and everything else, this is where Atmanabhar Bharat comes in, right? And we have been making strides. For example, we gave the Pinakas to Armenia. I'm sure all of you know that. We sold Pinakas to uh, Armenia. And when they fired these weapon systems at Azerbaijan, then Azerbaijan and Turkey and Pakistan came to know that India actually has a potent system that can cause serious damage on the enemy. India has also sold uh, Brahmos missile systems to the Philippines. I believe uh, there are rains in Philippines and it can't be installed immediately, but it's going to happen over a period of time. And the government of India has set up a target of 5 billion US dollars for only the Brahmos missile. Only the Brahmos missile and yesterday, the Cabinet Committee on Security gave a 19,000 crore order to Brahmos Aerospace for 200 odd missile systems for the Indian Navy. So this is what we are doing in Atmirvar Bharat. There are, they're talking about drones, they're talking about, you know, so many things. But in the end, the lesson here is important. The lesson is, do you own the ecosystem? And I think this impacts you also. A lot of people, and I'm not saying they're wrong, I have my own problems with it, but then those are my problems. I run a very small organization called Chanakya Forum. And one cardinal rule of Chanakya Forum is that you shall not buy Chinese equipment. It doesn't matter where it comes from. 
we have a policy we avoid buying chinese equipment even if we have to pay four times the price to buy an american equipment that is what i am requesting you to do please understand please understand how this war is being fought when the prime minister went to meet joe biden in the white house one of the things that he discussed was transfer of technology and getting companies american companies away from china into india so you have tesla coming in and you have iphones being manufactured in india and so on and so forth there are hundreds of companies that are now willing to leave china and come to india i don't care you know as long as they leave china it's good if they come to india but i'm happy if they go to thailand or they go to indonesia all right i'm equally happy now here's the thing what makes china strong what 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 is that thing that makes china strong what makes china strong ladies and gentlemen is the chinese economy and that economy is based on two factors number one contract manufacturing it is based on contract manufacturing china is perhaps the second largest manufacturer of motorcycles in the world but i would challenge anyone to name one or two brands of chinese motorcycles china perhaps makes the most number of washing machines in the world but you would not know a chinese brand all this that is happening in china is contract manufacturing that is point number 1 point number 2 china steals intellectual property the last thing they invented was gunpowder which was a thousand years back or something like that or paper and stuff like that china does not invent china does not invent now here's the thing how do you get china and what is china afraid of so these are two questions and then i'll move on but let's understand how do you get to china you defeat china by disrupting their business model you defeat china by disrupting their supply chain china is not afraid of your mountain divisions if anybody is under that impression that china fears the indian army's mountain divisions or our navy that's not true if you think that they fear the american navy you're wrong they do not i remember there was a time there was a white paper in china and the chinese people for 25 30 years they were absolutely quiet they didn't utter a word there was no talk about disputed territory with india they just kept quiet they kept on working on their economy to such a level you've heard of this famous story of bhasmasur have you raise your hands bhasmasur china is the bhasmasur of today it is destroying the very countries that gave it power for example europe as a group and the united states of america that is exactly what china is doing and how is us retaliating the us is retaliating by understanding that finance economy is the way you can hurt china but coming back to my question what is china actually afraid of what scares china china is not afraid of your mountain divisions or the navy of the united states of america china is afraid of the chinese people china is afraid of free will you can mobilize three mountain divisions and china will find a way to at least try and counter it but if 500 chinese get together in the middle of beijing and say we want democracy xi jinping is going to shake it is this thing that they cannot tolerate and this is something that they cannot understand you've heard of tiananmen square right all of you tiananmen square is not alone 
it's not the sole example in the 50s the tibetans were in open revolt against the chinese communist party because the tibetans at that point in time said we want democracy democracy is something that frightens the chinese and that is china's biggest i would say achilles heel uh, you see uh, we are going to talk about both china and pakistan now and I will start with Pakistan and then get to China and in the end wait for the story I love telling the story and today I'm going to tell you a story from my regiment which was told to me once by somebody in the Academy in OTA right but before that I'm going to talk about Pakistan and what is the problem with Pakistan they had elections in Pakistan recently now apparently Shahbaz Sharif is going to become the Prime Minister and they managed to announce this you know they took almost two weeks to figure out who's going to be the prime minister of pakistan who's going to be the chief minister of punjab etc etc so what does the pakistani army do these are lessons for the larger business community also these are not military lessons alone these are not uh, lessons in geopolitics alone these are these are lessons for the corporate sector how does the pakistan army control the pakistani army chases something in elections called the fractured mandate the Indian media was celebrating they were saying that the Pakistani army has lost the Pakistani army has lost because the independent candidates supported by Imran Khan had won elections and it was that time I was telling everybody that no the Pakistani army always wins there is a saying in Pakistan there is a saying in Pakistan it's in Punjabi right about the Pakistani army it is said election The Pakistani army has never won a war and never lost an election. And you must understand why the Pakistani army does not wish to fight against us. The more you know about your enemy, the stronger you become. I am an obsessive Pakistan watcher. I spend hours every day just reading about Pakistan just knowing about Pakistan and it's not just their military that I'm fascinated with I know that about Pakistan I know everything because because in the OTA where I was trained and in my in my unit I'm from 17 Kumau regiment they taught me that when you give the briefing in front of a senior officer the first thing you say is khabar dushman ki then is khabar apni in the army and all the veterans here would know khabar dushman ki then khabar apni you must know about your enemy for the people from the business community here you must know about your competition you must know everything about them you must have your competitor profiled you must know what he wants which place he frequents you must know everything in india it's still at a very nascent stage we only talk about products and we only talk about supply chains there is a personal angle to business which you must explore i'll try and help you with that all right now so the pakistani army fixed these elections like every other election and when they fixed these elections the first thing they wanted was a fractured mandate which they got and what does this fractured mandate do for them it ensures that the politicians remain weak it ensures that the politicians are always fighting and above all it ensures that whenever the country is in a problem 
and Pakistan is perpetually in a problem, they look towards the Pakistan army and they say, okay, these guys from Rawalpindi are going to come and support us and they're going to solve our problem. That is how Pakistan works, which is why, again, they have a fractured mandate, they have a coalition government, and they will keep on having a coalition government, but it does not matter to the Pakistani army, ladies and gentlemen. It does not matter. Even when in the first term when Nawaz Sharif won an absolute majority, he was still kicked out. Because if the army chief so desires, the prime minister can go home. Okay? Another thing about Pakistan's military economy that you must know, because you must know the enemy you are fighting. And then I will tell you about the Communist Party of China also. I don't know if you're aware, please raise your hands if you are. Do you know something about uh, something called the Fauji Foundation in Pakistan? Okay, one. Veterans here would know. Great. Fauji Foundation is a conglomerate of companies owned by the armed forces of Pakistan, right? And the net worth of Fauji Foundation today as I speak, is more than 100 billion US dollars. 100 billion US dollars. 20 years back, it was around 20 billion, 25 billion. Now it's crossed 100 billion US dollars. And they do everything from real estate, okay, to fixing the stock market, to playing with shares, to creation of buildings. They refine oil. They refine oil. They manufacture cornflakes and they also sell and manufacture and sell, sorry, baby diapers. And the animals that are sacrificed in Eid, they sell their skins also. Fauji Foundation does everything in Pakistan. They fund news channels. You can't, you can't uh, go to a Pakistani store and not buy something from Fauji Foundation. And here is a case study which you will find very interesting. Chief Minister of Sindh, Kaim Alisha, he was approached by a brigadier staff from the Pakistan Army. Very interesting story. He was approached by a brigadier from the Pakistan Army and he said, the brigadier says that I'm, I'm, I have directions from the chief. I have come to request you for 5,000 acres of land in Karachi. Can you give me 5,000 acres of land in Karachi? Kaim Ali Shah said, Brigadier Saab, Karachi is one of the most populous cities in the world, perhaps the seventh or eighth largest city in the world. We don't have 5,000 acres. So Kaim Ali Shah was being smart with the Pakistani army because if the Pakistani army wants 5,000 acres, they will get 5,000 acres. It doesn't matter if the chief minister has them or not. So this guy says, okay, he's being smart. I can manage the Pakistan army. And he says, okay, 50 kilometers ahead of Karachi, I have this piece of wasteland, which is around 5,000 acres. You can take this. And the Pakistani army pays a very nominal price for that piece of land, which has nothing. It has no roads, it has no electricity. It's just almost desert. It's in Sindh. And then one fine day, Kaim Ali Shah's departments get instructions from the Pakistan army and they say that, you know what we want? We want a national highway going adjacent to that plot of land of 5,000 acres. They changed the entire map of Greater Karachi. We want this road going there. Then they said, 
we want water going there then they said we want electricity going there and then they said that the far needs to be it needs to be mixed use development this much commercial this much residential and within 5 years they created a mini dubai for themselves all on government money this is how they manage finances this is how they got to a valuation of 100 billion dollars this is the pakistan army for you this is the army that you are fighting on your northern and your western borders and this is the reason why the pakistani army today does not want to get into a state of conflict with you yes it does not have the money to fight that part is true but also true is the fact that the pakistani army is busy making money so they outsource wars to the lashkar e taiba and the jaish e mohammed right so what does that teach you there is an outsourcing model in place even for pakistan all right and now coming to china you know china india's enemy we do trade with china about 125 billion us dollars per year and more than 75% of that trade is in china's favor so there is a trade imbalance with china right trade imbalance with china and over a period of time we have tried to bring it down but the government cannot bring it down without your help and i'm here to seek help from you in this regard this is something which i'm very very passionate about i feel very strongly about i have requested you know various people in government also to tell them you know simple things very simple things when you're buying something from amazon okay and amazon is the biggest e marketplace in the world when you're buying stuff from amazon every product must show the flag of the country you know which is the flag of origin if it's chinese i would like to see the chinese small little chinese flag there so i can make an informed choice but they'll put it somewhere down below and you don't have the time to read all that you go type country of origin and then it says china by the time you've already ordered you don't have time but on the photograph if you see the chinese flag you might think twice this is something that you know whether it's flipkart whether it's amazon anything i've requested shop owners also that if you are selling chinese stuff don't do it or at least put a board outside i'm happy to finance a few boards that chinese stuff sold here this whole fight between india and china it's not just about galwan or the 3500 km line of actual control it has come into our homes and i just want to tell you that every time and i'm sorry i'm saying this might sound a little bit rude but every time we buy something chinese every time we buy something chinese we are funding the chinese communist party with which they are buying bullets to kill our soldiers at least they are planning to every time we buy something chinese please remember what is the chinese army the chinese army is not like the indian army is india's army right the chinese army is actually the pla the people's liberation army and it is the armed wing of the chinese communist party it is not the national army it is the armed wing of the chinese communist party and we are against up against a superstructure and unfortunately every single time we buy chinese equipment we are funding the ccp we are funding the pla and i'm sorry i'm saying this again because many of you would be having some sort of a dealing with chinese companies i myself dealt with chinese companies in the past because i didn't know any better and at that time everything was good everything was kind in fact there's a chinese company called byd and i have visited their factory in china to sign a deal with them 
it didn't fructify that's another matter but i did visit china many a time and i've understood something and this realization has come in for the past 5 6 years every time you buy something chinese every single time you purchase something which originates in china or even a chinese company that manufactures its material in india you're giving the pla the people's liberation army one more rifle you're giving them one more tank you're giving them one more aircraft please if you all of you say that you're patriots right all of you say you're nationalists all of you say that we want to do something for india if you really want to help your country if you really are patriotic and nationalistic stop buying chinese stuff don't do it china will wither away don't water the tree i'm not saying cut the tree i'm saying don't water the tree